Awesome, guys. Welcome, welcome back to another spirituality podcast. I um, randomly messaged my good friends, Alec Oren and Mike Schrager, to do this awesome podcast post. We will be talking about a number of very powerful subjects that are happening in the here and now. And I am going to start off the whole conversation with our beautiful little post I did. If you guys saw my post, which I will be posting yesterday since this will go live tomorrow, um, I posted for you guys that we will be talking about the human, humanity. We're going to be touching on respect from gender to religion to politics and so on how people can have an opinion without projecting or reacting. That is a mouthful considering that everything we do is a reaction at some level. So the reason I picked my amazing friends from Mike and Alec is because they share uh, a couple of things in common and a lot of things that are very circumstantially different. Alec, I want you to start off and uh, tell us who you are, what you do and um, how we know each other. Yeah, of course, Kiara. First off, I want to thank you uh, for having me on the podcast for a second time now. Um, we had a great podcast last time, and I hope your listeners get a good good kick out of this show as well. Um, but yeah, Kiara and I, we met um, at a young age um, through Starbucks. Um, I was not one of her favorite humans in the beginning, uh, but she took me under her wing and uh, you know, acted as a, as a spiritual guide in this universe uh, for me. Uh, when I was going through a pretty tough time in my own life. Um, then we kind of split ways. Kiara, of course, went up to Sedona and was doing some amazing things um, up there with her clients. Um, and then I stayed down in the valley, played some baseball um, on a college level, um, always knowing that I would uh, own a business and be playing baseball at the same time. Um, and 2021 was that year. Um, so I started Cannabis Food Network. Um, we're a media production company uh, focused on education technologies around uh, the cannabis plant and fine dining. And then from there, we are also helping uh, start up the first cannabis-friendly hotel here in Arizona at the Clarendon. Um, but through that, uh, you know, I've uh, always been reserved about uh, what's going on in uh the ethers of this reality. Um, but I think all of us can agree, no matter what side of the aisle you sit on, um, that this last year and a half has been um, very politically polarized. Um, and I think having these conversations um, is where it needs to start because we can see in the media that there are no conversations, just yelling and fighting matches. So I'm very excited to have this, uh, this forum here where we can kind of express our our feelings and our opinions and maybe uh, find a middle ground or, you know, for your listeners, uh, maybe just see a new perspective and why they have that perspective, um, you know, with 45 minutes of uh, them not saying their opinion. But like I said, Kiara, I'm very excited to move forward with this show and uh, uh, give it right back to you. Awesome. Thank you. Also, congratulations on all of this progress for you this year. It's been a pretty awesome year for you guys. And I hope that we could do some more collaborations in the future. I have so many ideas, but we'll check in with that again later. Um, Mike, I would love for you to also introduce yourself a little bit, what you do and how we met. All right. My name is Mike Schrager. Um, I met 
Kiara. We met, I was actually in Sedona and my girlfriend and I went in for psychic reading, which was very interesting. Still left, left me with a lot of answers, even more questions. Very, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if you remember, you were kind of like, you should be on a podcast with me. And I was like, that sounds awesome. So we've done a couple together, I think. And I think this is number three, right? And yeah, they're always enjoyable. Right now, I'm, I may, I have my yoga teaching uh, degree, if you will. I have a degree in journalism. Not that I have used either of those professionally. I do some contracting. Uh, I do what you know, whatever has to be done at the time. And then I focus on like hiking, camping. Recently, I've been getting very into, and yeah, similar. To Alec, I want to be kind of my own business owner at some point. I just don't have the uh, clear-cut idea of exactly what I want to do, but I know it want, I want it to be similar or in the same spiritual realm as yours. I want to help people kind of just kind of accept themselves, however I can help them with that. But I don't really know exactly what I'll be doing. That's how it is. Um, I wanted to kind of bring us back to um, the past a little bit with both of our amazing guests. Thank you so much, Mike, for introducing yourself. As always, it's been an amazing um, time to do the podcast with you. And we've talked about a lot of future plans of doing more and chatting about a varying of many subjects. So thank you so much for coming back for both of you and to have this opportunity for you both here together. So for you viewers, we, or listeners, I should say for the podcast, um, they did not know until today that they were going to be doing the podcast together. So the reason I did this was because the topics, as Alec had mentioned, that we are discussing are things that are uh, prevalent to our day and day now that are literally happening uh, here and now. What is your opinion? What is your feeling? What do you think? Who did you vote for? What's your gender? What's your race? We got all these all these varying, very powerful uh, subjects that are kind of a discussion now day to day, whereas I feel like maybe this is my opinion, but in the past, um, it has not been in my forefront, I should say. Um, I have not been asked so much about my gender preference, my political viewpoint, uh, whether or not I'm vaccinated, all that amazing spread of topics until 2020, 2021. So my question to both of you, uh, we're going to start off with the gender actually energy. I'm kind of curious about being that you're both male. Uh, what was it like from your transition from your youth to high school to adulthood? Um, and either of you can start or you both can chime in, whichever wants to go first. Yeah, I'll kind of take the lead on that, Kiara. Um, first off, I, uh, you know, to start off with, uh, with that gender and, um, sex kind of conversation you know for me at least um i and this will go for a lot of the conversation topics that we hit today i believe that each one of those titles that you put around yourself um only lower your consciousness to this reality if we are these spiritual beings you know uh a title on you know how you choose to 
you know, play in bed or, you know, your sexuality, it's only further cementing you um, to this reality of earth, not allowing you to feel the fullness of what the universe has to offer. I, there's no planets out there that's saying that they're identifying as a transgender, you know, fluid, polyamorous, this, that, or the other. No, it's a planet. It's full of energy. And so are we, and we need to see ourselves that way. But every time we put ourselves into a box, you know, left, right, Republican, Democrat, gay, straight, you know, bisexual, all, all those things, they keep us down. They lower our frequency of thinking because those are human boxes that we put ourselves in. There's no aliens out there, or extraterrestrial life saying, hey, we're a polyamorous, this, that or the other. No, they just say this is we, we are energy. We are full of it. And we move forward with our purposes without those things. But I, in my opinion, we've seen society put these titles on a pedestal for a reason of power. And that power is not something that is will be real in the next 50 to 100 years as we continue to advance on a technological level because they won't matter. They won't matter. And I think that's what happened is we got bored. Uh, we got we got separated from the animal within us. You know, we have everything. We're fed all the time, air conditioned. Um, we have whatever we want and we haven't been uh, forced with death as much so what are we doing we were we get you know everything's given to us so we get bored and we start making up dumb problems this is a dumb problem in my opinion because sexuality is something that yes is very important and we are sexual animals however it's not something we need to put out there into the ethers we can have that within hold that sexual power within and go feed that to people that are deserving of it whether that be a transgender or a female or a male it doesn't matter that is the energy that is behind that action that's important, not the title that you give to it. That might be the best way I've heard that described in a long time, if I may chime in. And it Please. doesn't, I don't think that you're coming off, and I want it to be clear. You're, it's not that you have to keep your sexuality and stuff secret. That's not what I got from that. And I agree with you 100% with this. It's just like, if you're with a group of people and you identify with this group and your whole thing is going around and identifying and identify, you are, like you said, you're putting yourself in a box and you could be proud of it, proud of your whatever. But when you start to try to get other people to feel the same way about it, that's where you lose me. And it's like, you're losing the core of the issue of yourself. You're losing yourself. You're trying to convince someone else and have like affirmation. And everybody, I believe, should be able to do whatever they want. You know, like I've always said the whole sexuality thing, people that have claimed it destroys their things and the sanctity of their marriage. I've just been like, my mom puts ketchup on her spaghetti. It <laughs> disgusts me, but it does not taste the change, does not change the taste of my spaghetti one bit. My spaghetti tastes exactly the same. And she can go and if she wanted to, she could join the ketchup group that loves to put ketchup on spaghetti, but it would be a waste of her time. And then arguing with people, that's where you're getting into the, the time suck. And I'm kind of, if you look past deeper, a little deeper, like what you said, people that are against these big groups of identification, they're not against the people in them. They're just 
we, you can kind of see there's a little factor of control going on in all of these big groups in some way. And so yeah. I agree, Mike. Say, I, I totally agree with you. And it's well, and I think people what they're going after. That as, yeah, I think what they're going people. after is the compelled speech. And that's where it gets a little dangerous. Um, and if you want the, the where I really where this was really opened up to my eyes was uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson uh, out of the University of Toronto. He's a clinical psychologist and he was on the forefront in Canada um, when uh, legislation uh, changed to uh, compelling individual speech, um, you know, and saying that if someone identifies with a certain sexuality, you have to, you know, address them that way. If they are, they or them, a he, she, um, whatever the other 90 other names are. And I, I don't mean to say that, um, you know, is putting someone down, but, you know, when you compel my speech, you know, now we're getting into a dangerous game. And I think that's what we're seeing today on the technology aspect as well. Um, with all of the, um, Oh gosh, what do you call it? You know, taking down Instagram posts, Facebook posts, um, you know, granted their private oh, businesses yeah. do what they want, but it's that same mantra of compelling ideas, compelling speech. Um, and there's, there's a, uh, theory from Dr. Carl Jung, who, uh, he talks about the collective unconscious and this collective unconscious, this idea goes that all of our unconscious minds is actually what builds out this reality. So the reason that we're all here on, you know, this zoom call, the reason you're listening to our voices is because Kiara, Mike, and I, all of our uh, collective unconscious between the three of us brought us to this moment in time right now, making this a reality. And that's how the world is as well. But when we start putting in false truths, or lies into this collective unconscious. That's where I think we see ourselves now in society and the rest of the world of complete disillusion um, between what is real, uh, what is truth and what is false. Um, and it stemmed from, uh, you know, in my, in my idea, this uh, sexuality conversation, this was very on the forefront of the um, liberal agenda, in my opinion, Absolutely. And I see myself as a, you know, very middle ground person. I grew up in a conservative household, um, but I, I work in the cannabis space. It's not something that's very conservative. Um, you know, I'm uh, very open uh, with, you know, what I am, you know, who I am with my sexuality. My, you know, my fiance is as well. Um, that's not something that's very conservative. I'm not, you know, full blood uh, Christian, but I grew up in a Christian church. You know, I switched, uh, you know, it's more of an agnostic approach to life. But that does not keep me from moving through this reality because I also have to understand other people's perceptions. And if you want to be an influencer and a shaker in this world that really helps individuals, you're not going to be doing it with no money in your pocket. So, you, you know, and I also understand there's different people's views. And I also know that the gay community um, in the United States has always been put down and throughout you know, history uh, because of religion. The gay community has been put down. So I do think there is a place for the conversation. But once we've moved past it and, you know, the people are accepted into normal day life. Right. I think that's where it needs to end. You know, when, in when are they going to be happy? Right. Like when, you know, and I'm not just saying because I mean, you know, it's and it was in when we were when we were in or I don't know, when I was in school, and I, it was all about how uh, like the black community had just overcome. And then they were like, now the gay community is going through the same thing. And then it's like, oh, they got through it now the trans community but if you look around in in my experience again 
just in my experience, it's, it's people are yelling about something that doesn't seem to be happening. Like they're, they're judging themselves in other people's heads. I've noticed like some people will be like, that person's going to think this of me. So I'll strike first. And I'm just like, nobody cares at all. Actually. Like I see a lot of great points, you know, like it's like what you're saying. It's people that when you get into, even if your group has the purest intentions, like even if you get a group of, let's say for me, like I, I'm probably like a Buddhist, something like that. You get a bunch of Buddhists together. That's a great thing. But if they start going around telling everybody you have to believe this way, that's not so great of a thing. And it's not really a Buddhist thing. So I, I would be a little shocked if it happened, but I'm sure it has in history. And it's one of those things where it's like, I love that you could do whatever you want with your body. I love that. And I grew up in a very liberal environment, I guess, mm. like a democratic uh, scenario, but I never really cared about politics we my parents never told me any of that we just you know they kept it to themselves but they kind of always said like you're always going to have people that are going to feel differently than you and aren't going to like you and it doesn't matter and it's uh so one thing that i see happening that's the most dangerous thing and i i don't like i know it sounds bad to some extent but it's like at a certain point Yes, the hate is real. People are getting, like, the LGBTQT. They do get, you know, they get some shit from people. But you can't dwell on it. Like, you're an athlete, so you know. How many people have you seen that didn't make it only because they were blaming something other than themselves? Whether it was right or wrong. Like, someone has different genetics. It was almost a different reason. Right, like, you're the... It was almost me, dude. And that's... And it was the first-hand experience if you are mike brought up a great point right there and it was feeling smaller because of someone else's opinion that you haven't even heard yet it was a preconceived opinion you you might be this individual that has a fight with someone in your own head and it's all fantasy and then you never go and forward with that conversation and then maybe a year later you say oh man i was really mad about you at this and you know, I wanted to have this argument and then you come around and you have that conversation and it's nothing like you would have thought it was. And it's that same premise that we do with um, a parent and or uh, a spouse or someone who we think that might be conservative is not going to accept me because of my sexuality. And that fear of someone else's opinion is exactly what's keeping you back, what is halting you from really, truly experiencing this full reality, because that opinion isn't true. You don't know if it's true or not because you haven't moved forward with the action because you're scared. You're scared of the other person's opinion. And that's where I think, and it's been something that I've seen in our generation, the millennials and the Gen Zs. And I really truly believe it's because we've been on technology. We've had our you know, faces buried in a phone or a computer and not moving around with our, you know, our yeah. brothers and sisters, humans, you know, because well, we don't know what that, we don't know what is you know going to happen and that's fine that's that's how it should be but you're not going to figure it out on the phone well yeah and this is like a this is a thing i've said this touches on politics a little bit is that it's it's not and this is i'm this is not an excuse to use for people but just to touch on politics we have been conditioned through 
it's called television programming for a reason to be more dependent than we actually have to be on people that we don't need to depend on. And I don't think I need to get into any specifics there, but it, it comes, it's like all of these things stems from depend like depending on people we don't need to be depending on. And even as children, they're like fostering this dependence. Like you need this, you need that, you need us. This is why you need us. And everybody needs people, but not to the extent that some of these people think they need to be in this big group. And yeah, I just think it's, uh, it gets a little out of hand with the whole like blamer society, I'll call it, of people are, they're not hurting anyone but themselves. And it's like negative, putting yourself in a box. I mean, uh, Joe Dispenza, I think it was him, Dr. Joe Dispenza had a great thing where he's like, if you're on the way to work in the car and you're imagining this argument with a coworker in your head before it happens and you put enough of your energy behind it, that in the collective unconscious or the fifth dimension, like that power is, that energy is going towards that. And by the time you get there, it could, you could be met happily, but you'll still be in that mood and you might turn that into the argument that you were worried about having. Yeah, you are. You manifest. Right. You manifest your own. And like, I've just been, I was a huge victim, like mentality for until about the last five years when I started living, I was just worried about, oh, well, it's this person's fault. And it's my parents did this to me. And if I was that, I could. And then I just realized, like, if you want to do something, you're a human being, do it. And if you have the effort, you can do it. There's nothing you can't do unless it's physically impossible. And then like the Wright brothers, you could figure out a way around physics because that's the gift to me of being human is that with enough effort, like you'll figure it out. You just might not do it as fast as you want. And that's why you see successful people. I would say paintbrush strokes, successful people are the ones that are disciplined enough to stick with it till they succeed. And that's a, you know, it's a pretty easy statement to make an opinion. No, that's a truth for sure, Mike. That's a truth. And you said it beautifully. They, they have the discipline to stick to it enough and there's not, we have not garnished that. Um, and I'll say it at least in our society here in the United States, um, because uh, we were talking about, you know, news outlets a little bit before. And even before that, you touched on, hey, we, you know, we're free, you know, we're humans. But let's not forget, you know, we grew up in the greatest country on Earth, the United States, the most free country on this planet. So in other countries and other, you know, states, they may not be that free. Let's go like, you know, this is in the news now. I mean, right. Kabul and Afghanistan, the women cannot do whatever they want. Men right. might be able to do whatever they want, but we can here. And I think that's something that we forget sometimes is that this country, although it might have been built on some questionable or by questionable, you know, people and what their actions might have done. But again, that was history, you know, and we're evolved enough at this point to move past that and right. absolutely like you know the idea that it's a racist country funded by founded by racists and now the it's like simply ridiculous like you said it perfectly this is like in when i was 15 just for an example for people that people legit think america is like a horrible place that's like you're oh we're living in the worst of the worst time it's like one this is 
the best time to be anything in America. Like in the, if you were in eight, if someone came from 1820 America and saw the stuff people are complaining about, they'd be like, you should go back in time maybe. Like, Cause you know, like, especially and- with women's rights, there's women's rights. There's uh, there's uh, race rights. There's uh, money rights. There's land rights. You have all these rights that have been passed and given to the people, but that's the, that's kind of the subject I want to circle back to really fast that you had just mentioned where you were saying that even though in our community and like what's happening in the world, a lot of people take what's going on for granted, but granted right? Look at it that way, where people are, they're kind of afraid to, to go back and look at his story, the story of what's going on. They'd rather erase and then restart instead of learning from the past. And that is something that I've noticed has been a huge, um, I would say a conflict on social media in politics, in, uh, the groups, even age gaps, all of the millennials, Gen Zs, and Gen, even Gen Ys, they're all oh, talking about the same, that particular subject. Go ahead. The, the, the whole, like, and it, not one of the topics we talked about, but one of the big ones is, is race, where I've heard somebody say that my, it was actually my good friend's mom, who was almost like a second mom to me, and I hadn't seen her in a while, and it was just, she was very liberal, and just after Trump became president, and from looking at me and everything, I'll be honest, you'd be like, most people are just like, this guy, he hates Trump. But I don't like any of those people. Like, I don't like any of the politicians. I don't, I'm not going to say I hated Trump because I don't really hate anyone, but I just didn't really care. Like, it's whatever it is. It is what it is. But she was telling me how it's the worst time ever for like racism and sexism. And I'm like, no, it's the best. We just have the most access to information. And people, yes, if you grew up in 1960, you may have thought there was much less racism. That's only because the internet wasn't around to show you all the racism and sex. I'm saying it's, you just, you can't get away with it anymore. And that's, unfortunately, that is the main tactic for getting rid of the bad, but also very misused in a lot of ways. It's like, uh, like self-censorship. When people start censoring other people, it's actually much worse I, in my opinion, than the government outright censoring us. Like if we had the government straight up saying, nope, you can't say this anymore, I would be more okay with that than with people saying, if you have that opinion, you're shut down because that's much more dangerous because now it's happening at a personal level. They're pitted and you, we talked about polarization, like they're pitting neighbor against neighbor. I don't know who they are. I don't, we don't have time to get into it on this podcast, but it's like, it is a very real threat and you have to kind of take a step back from your own opinion and your own gender and your own stuff and see like, okay, maybe this is a good group I'm joining, but ultimately where are we headed? Like, and there's a lot of groups that on the surface level look like great things. Like I'm not going to make a specific one, but they on the surface level, you're like, yeah, that's great. Of course I believe in that. But then when you see what they're actually doing, it's like, you're in no way helping the people that you're collecting in your group. You're hurting them. You're just giving them a reason to blame other people. And you're just causing noise. Like give me, identify the problem and then we can create a solution, but you can't just complain about stuff. That's not a good thing to be a part of. 
Mike, I have a quick question for you. You uh, in that uh, monologue there, you said that if the government had said something um, like, oh, you can't say this anymore, you can't do this anymore, you'd be OK with it rather than um, be more OK with it. Because yeah, then we'd be- have our then we would have our clear cut enemy and the people would know exactly what to do. It's not as big of a problem when it comes from the system. The problem is when it gets so ingrained into the people that they're doing it to ourselves. Because look at how often when the government censors people, it always ends up ending like at quicker that will fall like that government will fall that censors its own people. But when you have agents of the government, because I don't think that the whole government does, but when you have certain people in the government that, you know, are using more of a tentacle method and they're getting people to think it's their own idea and then people are censoring people, who's accountable? You know what I mean? It's like when we're doing it to ourselves, it's the worst form of censorship. It's the most dangerous to society is what I'm saying. I feel like what you're saying too, like I agree to an extent. The other part of what I think is that I think it's a cause and effect. I think it's kind of like who came first, you know, with the chicken or the egg. I feel like did the government plant it or did the people create it or did the government create it and the people were receptive of it? I think that it's both. I think that not only is the government a part of the the programming or, you know, it's a specific sector in the government, but I also think that it has something to do with the people too, because you were saying like, there's a, there's a way for us to sit with each other in this term of respect and have different opinions without forcing them upon somebody who thinks differently. I had a really good friend who messaged me via Facebook and we did a post together and I'm not going to reveal who it was or why or what happened, but the summary was uh, their opinion was different than my own. And they were posting publicly very, very strong opinion of what they were thinking and feeling. Maybe they didn't think that my emotional reaction, because we have those different reactions, but maybe they didn't think that my emotional reaction was going to be more of the, why are we doing this publicly when we could do this at a sitting together dinner, you know, friend to friend rather than in front of a large broadcasted group of people who can also post their opinions and start this kind of game of war with each other where they're trying to make each other believe something. Cause in my personal standpoint, I will never make somebody believe what I believe. If you want to believe what you believe, that's what you believe. That's what you feel. That's what you think. And I will give you what I feel and think per, if you ask, but I will not encroach on your opinion and make you think the way I do. I can right. give you perspective and build from there, but I do not wish to change or uh, take away from your personal judgment. Right. And that's like, I guess it was miss. I guess I misspoke kind of with the government thing. I'm just more saying like, if a government official came out and said, no one can say this anymore, I would hope. I mean, I think like if they made it a law that you can't say things, there would be a huge reaction and that law would be changed and we would solve the problem almost immediately because we'd have the enemy right in front of us. But it's when it's when there's no accountability, like there's just less accountability when you have groups of people like like the whole cancel culture thing. To me, it's 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 a dangerous game, you know, like it's a slippery slope. Well, I guess I guess you're right. Like it just it would it does lead to 
actual law. Like I see this, I don't see it as harmless, like cancel culture. I see it leading to law that could be followed. So I guess that would be worse ultimately. Right. And that's what I was trying to bring up too, is like, cause it did happen. And that was what right. happened in Canada, you know, and now that's, and then the pushback happened with Jordan Peterson, you know, a very well-renowned um, clinical psychologist, you know, he'd been working in the industry for 30 years um, and you've written multiple books, his lectures, although it might be, um, you know, controversial are very factual and just to the point. And um, when Trudeau and leg uh, legislators in Canada put that um, compelled speech uh, towards uh, the LGBT community, he spoke out against it highly. And uh, at least to my knowledge, that legislation is still there. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, like you said, it's a slippery slope, but you know, we, I think is the silent majority, you know, and Mike, we're only on our first topic here, but I believe we're going to see eye to eye on a lot of these things. Um, because as humans, all we really want to be is happy and fed. Yeah. You know? And the Jordan and, Peterson thing is like, it's a good example too, of like, I think like 98% of his work, if I showed like any of the most liberal identifying anything, 98% of his stuff, and didn't put a name on it. Like I have an aunt that is like the most of the most you could be on the left. And I, she's like, Jordan B. Peterson, it's just a white supremacist. And I'm just like, I don't even, have you ever heard this guy talk? I'm like, he's a freaking psychologist. He doesn't, I don't know what he, but he's like one of the most misrepresented people. And like, that's that dirty little game. Like that's a, it's a bad game to play. Do you understand like, why though? Do you understand why he's misrepresented? Yeah, it's the same reason, I think, as like a similar reason stemming from like the due notion that like data is bad and like facts are bad if they hurt people's feelings. It's like a denial of reality to me. Yeah, I guess it's that so and he, a lot him. of his. Yeah, a lot of his uh, or there's portions of his lectures that get into um, Nazi Nazism and uh, the, you know, uh, theories behind that. Uh, to where he actually st sticks up for Nazis, but he doesn't stick up for the Nazis. He sticks up for the humans that were involved in the terrors that happened in that portion in time in history right. um, to where he simply states. And we're watching it right now um, in our own in the greatest country on Earth, the United States, to where people who might be undereducated or miseducated would follow the group simply because that's the cool thing to do. Or right. that's the right thing to do. And they're overeducated today. Well, it, but I mean, is that is that over? Are they actually are they truly educated? No, like no, that's I'm making it. But I'm saying like it's people. And that's a big that's another big uh, breaker is like it's good for me because I kind of have my foot in both camps where like I like I do have like I have a degree. So a lot of the people that are on my side don't. And I mean, I work as like a contractor right now is what I've been doing. But when people start talking, they're like, well, if you went to college, you'd know. And I'm like, I did go to college. I still don't know. I don't know what you're talking. And like, it's that whole, like they try to build this divider, you know, and like just shut, it's the shutdown, like dismiss culture. Like, oh, I could dismiss anything you say because of this. And it's like perfect. Like, so for me, who I think qualified to speak. So I was, I'm Jewish by blood. I went to Hebrew school, had a bar mitzvah, woohoo. 
And people are like, don't you just hate like that Nazis did that? I'm like, what the fuck would you do? If I was in their shoes, I might have just pretended to be one of them. Like, I don't know what the hell I would have done. I wasn't there. Neither were you. There's no point of, well, like, and that's probably what I imagine similar to what Jordan Peterson would be saying in that context is that like, you know, it's not like everybody was individually making these evil decisions on their own. It's that you fall prey to the group mentality and also like I had my good friend, his grandparents said like they had no idea. And by the time they figured it out, like they heard, they, they heard the writing on the wall, heard the conspiracies. But by the time that it was in their face, the army was at the door. Like it was kill or be killed. You had no choice. This, so like, this exactly what you just said. This is what's happening in society today, which is why I wanted to do this topic. Because if you notice, they did not see the writing on the wall. I wonder why. Because there's cancel culture, because there's divides, because there's boxes, because there's labels. There's all these just mass amounts of how can you separate yourself from you and others, which is absolutely. And we're living in Right. So we're living in the quantum world. I think both of you probably know that by now, or I, I imagine that you guys believe in this, that there's no one future for us. Like we are making our own future with every step we take every, you know, that is forging a path forward and we can end up anywhere. And the whole thing, and I'm not going to, we don't have to identify, we don't have to ask vaccine status, but to me, this whole thing where it's going, like whether you're vaccinated or not, if you don't see that this can very easily turn into a situation where people are rounding up family members and saying, well, they didn't get the vaccine. So you have to let me take your family member and do this to them. You're crazy if you don't see that as a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm saying there are people that are like, that'll never happen. And I'm like, that, that is in Australia. Like this is happening now. People are getting arrested in Australia for being five kilometers. So what's that like two miles away from their home and they get, they they get arrested. I saw a guy and I said, imagine in the U S this guy, he's a, I think he was a rugby player and he gets, they found him on a fire. And this was the lady, the lady reporting the news was saying it like they won. They're like, this guy, he went to a farm to feed animals and he told the cops he was going home. And then they found him a mile in the other direction. And I'm just like, and people are telling me that I'm crazy. Like I, yes, I am crazy, but I got here from logic. Like my craziness is based in logic. So it's like, I just see what's happening. And I'm like, whether you're vaccinated or not, whatever, I don't care. And there's people on both sides that are saying like, oh, I can't be friends with you if you're that. And it's like, I can't be friends with you if you're saying you can't be friends with someone based on what they do with medicine. Because who gives a shit? <laughs> Agreed. And That's my ramble. No, and I, I think this is a great transition in QRX. You know, I don't want to take your show away, but I think this is a great transition into, you know, the vaccine stuff, you know, because it's happening. You know, I, the reason I got involved in the cannabis space was because I thought this was true medicine, you know. And when I saw that, you know, we were going to the medical status and then we had adult use here in Arizona, that's when I got involved was, you know, one, because of obviously the gold rush that's or I call it the green rush that's happening in, in cannabis right now. But secondly, because it was a 
industry that I felt I could truly get behind as a athlete who's used cannabis uh, since I was in high school as a performance enhancing substance, um, you know, not using ADHD medication, um, not using depression and anxiety medication at a very young age and using cannabis and seeing that this is a plant that I can use for my benefit. But I, it also, you know, it's a detriment to some individuals and it was a detriment to, a detriment to me. But in yes. this industry, we, or at least I've seen some of the biggest players in cannabis move to a non-healthy, you know, um, ideal that, you know, oh, get the, uh, get the vax at our location and get a free joint. Okay. Yeah, hold, on. Mind hold on. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling that, uh, something that is, should be as pure as pure, you know, we're, we're talking about plant medicine here. And if you go through the ingredients list on 99% of the vaccines, um, there's some questionable things in those ingredients. And that goes down to polio, which, you know, we, you know, we've eradicated, um, but we're still, you know, vaccinating, um, you know, for that, which, of course, that's your personal choice. If you live in the United States, that is your personal choice. That is your right to do whatever you want with your body and, with, I, you know, with your family, with your children. However, let's think about this as in a health aspect, and that's where this really stemmed from, you know, and I think too, we were talking about misinformation at the very beginning of this conversation. A lot of that has happened over the last year and a half to where our leaders in the society, um, government and influencers, meaning, you know, people that own Facebook, the people that own Twitter, the people that own Instagram, and the players that are within there have all po have polarized this entire situation about quote unquote health and doing it for, you know, the greater good. The greater good in my head is my people, my tribe. You know, Mike, like we're meeting for the first time and I wish the best for you and, you know, your girlfriend, but you're not in my tribe. So your health is not on the precipice of my head, right? We grew up in these tribes of, you know, maybe 100, 150 people. Like that's old, you know, way, way old school. We were living out in the fields. That's the max that we can really have an understanding. And this now idea that I have to worry about 330 other million people. No, I don't buy it. I buy right. that. I have to worry about, you know, my community, my tribe. And, you know, that could be my local community as well. But at the same time, you know, I'm more focused about making sure my fiance and I are okay. That, you right. know, my mother... And I are okay. I'm not worried about what's going on in New Jersey, right? But I we've exactly. voted the wrong people in to represent us um, at, in a polarized situation like this. And that's where I think we've really gotten off course um, as a society in the United States is we've moved away from this um, nationalistic and community mindset and more to this global aspect to where we can't even fix our own fucking problems here in the United States. Right. We have well, over 40% of the veterans that are homeless because we can't get our, we can't allocate the right tax dollars to make sure that these people are okay. Once they get out of the service and protected our it's, rights. It's not a, it's not a good voter issue. So that's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to is the, uh, the, like the health now, well, not even health, like vaccine has became the, the most, the biggest tool, like somehow people were saying, like, I won't take Trump's vaccine, but I'll take Biden's as if they're the ones in the lab synthesizing the thing. Like, it's the same thing. 
but they can, I, I don't know how they convince people that you should vote based on something like that. But yeah, it's really, it's just a polarization, like the tactic of polarizing everybody has been more and more. And even if you look, even before COVID, it was, it was Trump on CNN and whatever the other Fox news were talking about how it's the other guy you got to hate. And it's like, just why don't you guys talk about yourself for a change? You know, like, how about that? Like, what are you actually doing? Like, I'm sick of turning on. I don't even watch the news because I'm sick of just hearing what everybody else did wrong. Just tell me what you're going to do. Yes, no solutions, always just more problems stacked on top of each other. <clears throat> and we were talking about the news and the collective unconscious. Um, and I want us to all kind of think about um, like radio stations, right? Because like that was the beginning of mass media. <clears throat> and when you turn a radio station, most people don't know this because we're always on our iPhones and we get exactly what we want to listen to right when we want to listen to it. But back in the day, you couldn't do that. You had to turn the frequency on the radio to a different frequency so that you could listen to what you wanted to listen to or the program that you wanted to listen to. That frequency is a vibration. Okay. That frequency changes your vibration. Uh, we can, we all know this works with music and water. Water is living. If you put, you know, headbanging music on, the water looks different than when you would put on Mozart or, you know, something like that, more classical music. Now, what happens when the frequency that we're putting out into the ethers of this reality is hate, rage, this guy did this, this guy did that. It changes the frequency that we all think on. So I think to answer your question on how did we get to this point, it was the mass confusion of this frequency being put out. Um, we talked about Trump. I mean, 2016, um, we had Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump um, running for office. Um, let's not all forget that Hillary Clinton left like 15 of our armed soldiers in Benghazi and said like she didn't do anything wrong she also had thirty thousand emails that she just like they leaked i that's that's you know this is a private server then we have and correct me if i'm wrong here because this is something that you know i voted for trump uh no i couldn't vote for him in 2016 but i voted for him the last time and i'm open about this because this guy was a new york billionaire that put his businesses aside and said no i'm gonna go you know try and run the country um so, but I, I would love to hear your guys' opinions on where was this negative polarization, you know, stem from with Trump? Because the first thing I remember is when he, they had a leaked tape of him in his truck or in his, you know, camper. And he was talking to someone after like one of the Miss America competitions. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to grab her right in the pussy. And like, that was the thing in 2016 that they all jumped on. So Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Where do you think this negative polarization with Trump, uh, you know, started from where, you know, he's racist, he's sexist, he's this, he's this, it's, you know, it's just been, it's been the narrative that Democrats have been going with for my whole life. I even remember in, I was in fourth grade or fifth grade. And I remember another thing, like, I remember people protesting Bush and it was like, Bush is a Nazi and Bush is going to come and do like all the same stuff that they said about Trump. They were saying about Bush back then. It's just, there was no internet to push it, but well, there was an internet, but it wasn't like Twitter. Like this is no new 
message. It's the channel is just so much bigger because it was like when they were saying like, well, Bush is a Nazi and he's doing that, like just nobody was listening because you just weren't watching. You didn't have access to the news all the time. Like you had to sit down and watch the news. Now it's in your pockets. Now you have someone telling you like Trump said this. And it's like when I heard that, I'm like, okay, we got someone in here who's not really watching his speech. He's not a lifetime politician. Right. Hillary, I don't want to. I don't want to say their name because as a someone who went to school for journalism, it doesn't really end well for some journalists that go against those, those, that happy couple, the Bill and Hillary. They've had a lot of, uh, a lot of weird stuff go down for journalists that talk against them. I learned about that in school, (laughs) but you guys can go down that rabbit hole if you want in your own time. Listeners feel free. It's pretty weird stuff, but yeah, like I, Trump said some stuff that, let's be honest, what guy hasn't said something akin to that? And it's like, you don't have to be ashamed. Like we were all, like we all had a point where we might have thought that. Maybe you didn't. And the reason, even what he said, let's say, if you have enough money, you can just grab him by the pussy. (laughs) Like. It's a New York billionaire talking. That guy has been able to say whatever he has wanted. (laughs) His but entire here's the thing, life. Like, there are definitely women that don't care about how much money you have. And I haven't found many of them like, you know, like in, in being from, I live 30 minutes away from New York city. Like the first thing that a girl asks you is what do you do? So like he very grossly simplified it. You could use grossly in two ways there, <laughs> but, um, it wasn't, it's not like a new, it wasn't a new idea. Like Trump's not the first person to say that, like, if you want to have the pick of women, you need to make a lot of money. That's what he said. He just said it in a, in a way he thought was funny. I kind of thought with, it was funny. No, but, he was with one other man, you know, Mike, if you and I, you know, if we're away from, you know, Kiara and all them, you know, you and I are going to have a different kind of speech pattern. And we're going to talk about right. different things than we would, or, you know, even your well, girlfriend, and my fiance, you know, we if we went on a double dinner date, we would have certain conversations, you know, man to man in front of our women, you know, in front of our ladies. Exactly. And then if we went off and the ladies did their own thing and we went to go to the bar and have a drink, we'd probably shoot the shit a little bit. And it probably wouldn't be speech that was, you know, like for sure, super like PC. And if, right. And if you don't think it's just like it's not, oh, men are gross. It's like, what are you guys saying that when we walk away and it goes the same for if you're a non-binary or whatever, it's like whoever is the person that you are targeting sexually, that not, that's a bad way to put it, but like you're, whatever you're into when you're with that person that you're into that gender that I don't even know how to say it, but when, when you're with the people that you're trying to mate with, ultimately trying to get with, you're going to be different than the people that you're just trying to be friends with, whatever that may be. I don't know what all it doesn't even matter. I'm saying like, if you're a group of gay guys and you know, you're just friends, you're going to talk differently. I imagine than you will to the people that you're trying to get with, you know? Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) And uh, it's, you know, as you kind of said that, I think the best way to sum it up is we're asking some individuals to be too perfect and then giving others the, just a a quick pass. And we were talking about that lovely couple that, uh, has been in politics for over 30 years now. And uh, they've done some very 
heinous things with their power. Yeah. And one of them wasn't grabbing. It was no putting a cigar in there. So yeah. that's arguably, but he was a Democrat, so it's okay. Right. Well, and that's in this double standard that we, you know, we're now a part of, you know, um, let's just the, the, you know, Mr. Uh, you know, President Biden right now, um, if Trump was the one that uh, would have let cabal happen, we would have seen a fourth impeachment. I promise you. That's absolutely. how polarized that situation would have been, you know, even after he would have, you know, at that if, if he was in office right now, would have beaten Joe. Um, you know, if that outcome happened the same way it did, uh, you know, last week, he would have been facing a fourth impeachment trial without a doubt. Right. But that's and, also because his voter base would be like, like Biden knows that his base, and this is what I think it comes down to is like, I don't, I don't like the way that our voting system works because I feel like I would rather like just give them four years or just give them eight years, maybe give them six, but like to have them have another, like Biden, every single move he's making is based on becoming elected in for the next year. You even saw it with Obama. I don't remember him doing shit to the last like two years of his thing because for the first four, he's just worried about those next four. They're just worried about getting. So he's saying, it looks to me like, he, and I'm not a political expert, but it looks to me like he's just trying to stay in office. He doesn't care what happens in Afghanistan as long as his voters keep voting for him. I want to pause you both really fast with this because um, when it comes to uh, anybody that's in power, we honestly do not know what is happening behind the scenes. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of uh, this is the voter basis, which is great, right? We're, we're a societal structure, but the society opinion is not the same as the factual behind the scenes, what's controlling and what's being, uh, being controlled, right? So when it comes to talking about Trump this, Biden this, Clinton this, all these presidential people, to be quite frank, none of us know if they are really even controlling it in the first place we don't know if they're the ones making I don't think they are voices or opinions or thoughts you know what i mean right well and that's where i wanted to make another point in saying i'm an equal opportunist and i think i think i was like a lot of people i was very it was like seeing trump go in was like seeing oz from afar like the emerald city dazzling from afar but it turned out in my opinion it looks like he was bought at the door, just like the other ones. Like, it looks like he sat down. He said, I'm going to get this, this, and this done. And someone leaned in behind him and said, actually, we're going to have you do this, this, and this. And it's the same people that have been, like, it's, what is it? 70% of all the money for all presidents have come from the same, like, six companies for the last 50 years or some stat. I don't think I just made that up. I may have. You'll have to look it up yourselves if you're interested. But yeah, like there is a level of like, I do think that he went in there thinking he was going to do a lot of stuff. And then they were just like, that's not how this works, man. That's not how, like, you can't wear like a Biden type, like he more knows the game and he knows he's not going to do any of the stuff he said, because he knows that's the game. The other thing too, when it comes to talking about Biden is that this is why we're talking about polarization, just to kind of bring the viewers back in because 
there is a fine line between each of our core spirit bodies. You have your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. In my opinion, from what I've observed with Biden, I don't think that he's all there a hundred percent because maybe he doesn't have to be right. So if he's making his choices and opinions based off of what's being uh, given or asked of him, it's not necessarily just because it's his choice. I feel like maybe he doesn't have to think too much about it because it's pre pre done or, or hold, held or given or whatever it is. It's already there because there's a system that is obviously in place because right. I want to take us back. Right. We were talking about the history of what's going on. I want to go back to the LGBTQ community for a second, because I want to talk about ancient Rome and ancient Greece back in ancient Rome and ancient Greece history. They were incredibly okay with the gay community or whatever was going on back then. They were into polygamy. They were into yeah. the warriors dating warriors. They didn't have, they a- didn't see it how we saw it though. Exactly. Everybody, I mean, it was weird, but like everybody, man or female, like if you were, if you had the money, like you had like a, like a sex man or woman, but it was, a lot of it was men, like a, like a fuck boy, a literal fuck boy. But that's a whole different thing with, uh, you know, like age and stuff back then, you know, they were going to war at like 13, but it wasn't like, uh, oh, this guy's gay. Like that's what it was like. They just didn't care they didn't identify it as like a part of them. And that's like, even just to like wrap up what I was saying with the, it's like, you can't like, they didn't have, you didn't have Roman wars fought over. Like these people want to do this with their body. And it's like, they just did whatever, like nobody, they didn't, that was more of a, that didn't happen till like more of like the Catholics kind of took over and like made everyone kind of believe that unless I'm, no, I think, about the chronology no i think like, you're i think you're on mike right like no one really cared they were like whatever like that's your mouth you do with it what you want like we're in rome and rome had i don't know if you know this but rome had uh they didn't have like a standing army they had generals that were basically chosen based on how much people they could get to fight for them i think was the main factor like if you were a roman guy that had like a few thousand people like you were given general status you had your army so if you had let's say the emperor or the, the caesar or whatever they were called say like you now you can't do this like some of the armies would just be like oh we're just not going to fight for you anymore so they knew they had a i don't think they had as much of a hands-on government there until they did and then it fell apart because it doesn't like and almost every example of society the more that the governing powers take control it's almost like directly indicative of how soon they will fall like more government almost always leads to collapse like the whole thing with julius caesar and the ottoman empire it's a repetitious um that's why when it comes to these types of discussions We can have our personal opinions and I would hope that whoever is listening can take it or leave it, right? You're not, this is not, it's not yours, right? This is our personal opinions and you have your own and you can do your own research. But in that, this is something that's a repetitious pattern that you should be 
taking note of. I mean, I'm sure if you want to live in the societal structure that you're going to want to know what you can do in it in the future, especially for children like my baby sister, she's only 14 years old. And yet they are growing up in a society that is uh, so different from I'm 26, my 26 year old societal structure from when I was 14. It's a completely different yeah. um, dynamic that's being placed in place that has been pretty much, if you look at every presidency and you go back and back and back, it's been in place for quite a, quite a many years beyond our generation and even further back be- before our parents and grandparents. Everything that's kind of happening has been preset and it's showing right. itself quite plainly. Well, there's an episode of South, there's multiple episodes of South Park, but Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I truly believe they hit the nail on the head when they said, it's an election between a turd sandwich and a giant douche every year. And it's like, that's why I get to the point of like, you shouldn't, you can't judge your fellow like peer on whether they'd want to eat a turd sandwich or a giant douche. Like the options are not that great here. We're not, there's no like for me. And it's like, you like who you like, but like, if I find out like, you know, you said you voted Trump and I'm not like, Oh, how could he, if you're like, you voted by him, like, how could he do it? It's like, you know, like they made their choice. And that's their choice, but it's not like neither of these, it's no matter who you pick, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change the world in a day. Like, I really don't think they have that kind of power. That's like the illusion that they kind of want you to think like, you know, like that's where all these groups are heading. It's like, we need this, like we need them. Like the whole, like the, the LGBTQT or whatever, and all these movements, like uh, they don't need as much legal representation laws they need to just do what they're going to do and people are going to accept it or not. And eventually society like as a whole will, you know, it'll pan out. Like you'll see that in a free market, if you're not taking customers because of their gender orientation, religion, your business is not going to do as well as someone who's equal opportunity. And if it does, that's also like, like I'm not, I don't consider myself to be racist or sexist or anything else. I think everybody, you know, just like some people suck, but it's just like 1% of all groups suck. And I mean, they're just like not open-minded. And to me, that sucks. They just will die on their hill of like, this is right. This is right. And it's, it doesn't matter if your ideas are even obviously on the surface, like very good for everyone. It's like, if you're not willing to, change your mind about anything you're you're just an you're too radical like you have to be people have to be willing to have the conversation at least well and i think that brings us right back into the beginning of the conversation is when you start putting those when you start putting those boxes around yourself that's when you can't you can't have that mobility um because you've said this is who i am right and right it's called a box for a reason and the more boxes you put around yourself, it's harder to move through that. And on a uh, like personal development aspect of it, um, we don't, most people um, don't want to be fragmented. And in fragmented, I mean, like if they say one thing, they won't, you know, change their opinion um, on that aspect. Um, and when you, when you have those holes within you, and you go wishy-washy from back and forth. And what I mean by this is it seems like a lot of the LGBTQ community that's <clears throat> being on the media right now 
groups like Black Lives Matter, Antifa, a lot of these more left leaning um, groups um, or radicalized groups, I should say, because I think uh, if you can't see that by now, you're a part of the group and you're part of the problem. Um, but when you have those you, and you switch over to something like, let's just say, vaccine passports, okay, the LGBT community was ostracized because of their personal beliefs. Okay. If someone's personal belief is not to get vaccinated and now you're ostracizing them because of that, you're just as fragmented uh, as someone who, you know, says that the Holocaust didn't even happen because that's a, that's an opinion and far right radicalized, you know, people that they think like, no, it's all just a hoax. Um, so you're no different than those individuals as much as you think you are. You have the same thought patterns and the same beliefs or uh, uh, right. opposite, but the same thought patterns to where. You know, what happened not... to my body, my choice. Oh, Where my did God. that go? That's out the window. And this is like, and well, I hold totally on, Kiara, as a female, what do you, what are your opinions on that? You know, my body, my choice, um, you know, and then now this, you know, vaccine thing, my body, my choice. Um, let's just put this in perspective of my vulnerability here for a second. Even that take it back from there. Do you, cause personal beliefs aside, do you think that it should be a law? Like, do you think the government needs to be involved in that decision? Because that's what it comes down to. It's not about what you personally, but you don't have to put that on the air if you don't want and stuff. It's, but to me, it's about, because whether I like am for abortion or not, which I don't have to disclose and I can leave people guessing. I just don't think there should be laws about it. Yeah, Same thing with whether or not I'm for the vaccine or not. Leave you guys guessing on that too. There shouldn't be laws about it, no. but- that's kind of where I started realizing that I am conservative more in my belief that less government is good. Like why would we ever have laws that gay people can't get married? Who gives a shit? But it's like, to me, it's like, I don't know. A lot of these issues are also, you know, you have all these groups, right. Of gay marriage was illegal. They were still getting married. Marijuana was illegal for until this year in New Jersey, I was still smoking it. If a law is dumb, people don't follow it. So you can't give your power away to like, like it's good to have the law on your side. I'm not saying it's yeah, not. beautifully put. I mean, think about gun laws. Okay, uh, Los Angeles has some pretty strict gun laws. Bloods and Crips still get their hands on fucking guns. Uh, oh, that's that's the problem with gun laws. If we're talking about that, is that it's if you make it hard to get guns legally it makes it hard for people that are more likely to not be bad people and not be willing to get it illegally where like, I know right now, if I wanted to, I went to school near Philly. If I wanted to drive to Philly and hit someone up, I can get a gun tonight. But in New Jersey, it's hard to get a gun. It's annoying. But if someone wanted to kill people, they would get a gun because they want to kill people. So it's like, they're going to find a way. We need to have at least like, the states that you border need to have the same gun law. But like, that's my thing is like people have guns. So everybody has, should have the right to have guns just because it's like, if we started a new country today and nobody had guns, I would be like, yeah, don't give anybody a gun. Don't give the army a gun or the police. Nobody has guns. And then it's fine. But the idea that it's like, we're going to come with our guns and take your guns away because these people have been chosen. Like, like I got recruited by the army. They were like, well, you have bad grades. So we want to take it. And I'm not anti-army. I'm just saying like, 
it doesn't make you like a hero to be a police officer or in the army just inherently. And there are definitely heroes in both. And there are large concentrations, I would say. Like it's some of like the highest percentage of people that actually do things for a good reason are police and army. But some people just do it for other reasons. Like some people do it for free college. Some people become a cop because they were bullied and they want to bully people back. I think that's the minority, but they're way like the camera is on them a majority of the time. Where like you As know, it like be, though. As it should be, because what we're all holding in our hands right now is a tool. Okay? Right. And we need to find those bad apples 100%. But then to go around and say that all cops are bad because of that one man? Right. Well, and this is what I say. It's a a conflation of issues. Like, the whole BLM saying, like, the problem in America is racism. It's like, the problem in America is not racism right now. To me, it's that cops can literally do whatever they want to an extent now it's changing but it was like if they like miswrote their paperwork on purpose the whole case would be thrown out so like they could intentionally botch paperwork and then literally be getting away with murder uh that's wild and it's there are and have people. the entire justice system have their back just because they're a police right. officer and it's like look if you went to a restaurant and someone came in like took poop on your food and gave it to you that person would no longer be the chef and they wouldn't just be hired at another restaurant they wouldn't be able to be a chef anymore because people would be like that guy's a bad chef he makes bad food and he poops in it he's fired (laughs) he's done but somehow when a bad police officer murders someone he just gets transferred usually gets a raise like traditionally until this past couple years and that's like i could tell you like my grandpa was assistant chief of police in new york city and he said it's always been like you know like you get a couple bad apples but they're the problem isn't like you can't solve racism with laws it's something that eventually comes with higher consciousness and we're making moves in the right direction like no and i think we have been ever since martin luther king jr died i mean that absolutely that man brought so many people together so many races together and it's almost like ever since that man died he was killed okay by our government okay this is if you don't think that's true go look at what happened to him when he was in jail okay it was a missed suicide attempt and then he just somehow just died from someone assassinating him who wasn't part of the government bullshit okay see the writing on the wall same thing that happened with JFK. Okay. Yeah. Well, our the CIA were the people that gave Nelson Mandela's location to like the South African standing government, the uh, the Africans, like the Dutch South mm-hmm. Africans. Like that's he was fine. He was moving around in Africa, like getting his cause together. And the American CIA was just like, oh no, like this is his location. Like get him. Or so, that they stole Nikola Tesla's technology and they said that oh we can't make money off of free electricity so we're just gonna take it and never let the public have it. Right. There was, there was oh, a I guy think- that. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, there was a guy, and I don't know if this is like factual, but it was my buddy who's a mechanic told me, and he's he said like there's a patent. Some guy sent in a patent for an engine that runs on water. And like literally 
was dead within days and now that patent stands so if you try to make a water engine they say it's already been patented yep and they own it (laughs) nope that's 100 percent a true story that actually yeah like this is uh but this is the thing is like if let's start to circle back if police would actually be accountable for their actions and you see it's like sometimes it's not so cut and dry and i get it but that's what due process is for that's what the court system is for but you can't and cops i'm not saying they they do make mistakes there is a level of it's a tough job and they make mistakes and i'm not the biggest like pro police person i'm just saying like it's a tough job and there are definitely for you to have for you to say that and still say look i'm not like you know i'm not the biggest you know pro cop guy you see the stress that they're under all the time oh yeah because i'm not crazy like they are under a lot of stress but some of them are straight up murdering people some of them are just bad at their job and it's like where does like nobody should be in jail for life for incompetence okay so quick question on that note for incompetence so i saw this meme one time when the uh you know defund the police was like a big you know that's when we were really hot that was the narrative right every you know that was the news cycle and the meme that came up was um if delta airlines said that 10 percent of their pilots crashed their um planes delta airlines would not be you know in, in the airline business anymore and basically obviously what they were trying to say is like well you know pilots don't fuck up as much as police officers do so i'd love to hear your opinion as like not you know not a big you know i guess you know blue lives matter kind of guy um like what what is your opinion on that also understanding the you know really you know the intricate aspect of being a police officer well it's the whole reason that we have a court system is so that we can judge things case to case that's we're not a communist regime with one court system that just says, Oh, he did like, we don't have a system where it's like, Oh, you killed someone. You go to jail. It's there's manslaughter one, two, there's all these different levels. And this needs to just be expanded upon for police. Like I, you know, like if a police officer accidentally discharges their weapon and it ricochets and kills someone, they, you know, that's gotta be up to some sort of, you know, experts to decide why it happened and put in people that are trusted experts because I'm not, I don't know enough about this stuff, but there needs to be some, a trial, but it can't just be like a normal public trial. Like what we have now is pig circus. It's like, it's like the same stuff that was happening with like, I don't know if you guys know the Bob Dylan song, The Hurricane, but it's like, it's what like, what like any minority dealt with in court was just to see their day in court to get just shit on by everybody that's what happened now to a lot of a lot of these cops they end up not getting fairly represented and some of them are murderers who should be in jail but some of them are not and 10 percent is just way too high it's just a high stakes job so it seems like that but trust me if 10 percent of the cops were fucking up it would be bad and maybe 10 percent of them are not the nicest like i grew up in a suburb where the guy that got his banner up on a flag was the dare officer like no crime really happened so these like you know the seven or eight officers in my town were just going around looking for high school parties and it's like they're making let's say seventy five thousand a year and there's no crime and then a new york city police officer in harlem is making twenty five thousand a year so you know maybe he's not sleeping so well let's say he lives 
in a less nice place. He gets paid much less. Like this is a systemic issue as much as it's personal. Like we're not giving the, we're not giving them enough training. And also who hired the cop? Cause if it's obviously someone who's incompetent, that person kind of should be a little bit responsible, you know, and we're seeing right. that or in now. a leadership role, you know, or in a leadership role in the sense of if you've right. got a, you know, <clears throat> commanding officer that, you know, is 40 years in and, you know, he grew up uh, or, you know, he was a rookie cop in the seventies in New York, like that dude's exactly that so man's like- uh, perspective on crime minorities <laughs> is very much swayed to uh anyone who's not in blue is my enemy and yeah, that's de- just defunding the police stupid like reallocate police funds or even fund them more because it's like we want police to be better okay it's if you want a company to be better you can't take away their money you See, need to give them the more thing. money that's the same thing with any of the education systems and then going back to what you're saying about like if the person is responsible for a certain thing. Everything is circumstantial. But the other thing is in the uh, Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the U.S. America, um, it says that if our government were to be cross a line, we as the American people are able to get rid of the government. We're able to overthrow the government and make sure that it goes into accordance to the freedoms that were given to us in law, in writing that are now being taken away and repealed and spoken over. I mean, the fact that there's a company, ergo, I will not say the name of, but it's pretty obvious. It's a social media company that is doing this cancel culture where they literally have bots and live humans that are going into your feeds and getting rid of any information that you are posting that could be against the government or even just against the company in general or the the status quo or the societal structure that they're building, that they will get rid of it. They will take it down. They will ban it. They will send you a message that says that, sorry, you are violating the uh, policies that are in place. That's the same thing as what's happening with the police. That's the same thing that's happening in the education field. These schools, ever since COVID-19 has happened in America, once that March 13th shutdown started, these kids, they're not getting the education that they need, the attention that they need. They have to wear a mask. If they're a child, they will not see the face or the lips or the sounds coming out of their teacher that is teaching them they're not getting the one-on-one time that they need and they're not spending time with their fellow humans in the playing playground i don't think that not to mention munchausen's they think that the air is killing them they think other people are killing them those are all just other side factors of it too like they're convincing a whole new generation of things that like it's fear and it's like i'm not saying things that aren't there because germs are there but like they've always been there and more kids like a lot of kids die of the flu and it's more kids i think had died of the flu than covid i don't want to go out that's i don't i mean i don't guarantee anything on that but i was under the impression that flu was very dangerous for children and they never shut down school for it and also like just i'm not like i'm for capitalism and the free market to an extent but the idea that they would try to be mandating all these things while at the same time like 
they advertise like McDonald's advertises to children with toys, which cigarette companies got in trouble. Tobacco companies got in trouble for advertising to children. I don't understand how the same people can tell me, oh, well, we need to care about your health. It's like, why is McDonald's legally allowed to give out toys with food if you care about our health? Because that's that's the kid. Do you know how many people heart disease kills? I don't, but it's a lot. And they don't <laughs> give a shit about it. It's more than lose money. <laughs> yeah, like they'd lose a lot of money trying to fight it. So that's just like my whole thing is like, when did when did they start caring about our health? Or is it for another reason, maybe? Because it seems to me like it's about money. Well, and I agree with you there. It's definitely the latter. Um, they never cared about our health. Um, they've never cared. They don't care about the, the 99%. Uh, and you, we can see that throughout history. I mean, the reason for bells in school is because during the Industrial Revolution, they were preparing children to work in, right. um, you know, factories. Factory. Um, and when the bell fucking rang, that's when you were able to go to lunch. And when the bell came back, okay, you got to go back to work. And when the bell came back again, okay, you can leave, um, you know, bowing down to this authority figure. Um, so there's never been, uh, a, you know, our government has not cared for the, the, the common man for a long time. Um, you know, if ever, uh, outside of, you know, 1776 and maybe like a, you know, oh, a few decades. That. 1776, this goes back to freaking, I just finished reading, like I went on a path of all these ancient religion stuff and I'm reading the freaking Ramayana. That's like, it's like 2000 years ago in India written. It's supposed to take place like, who knows, 20,000 years ago. And like, it's good stories and all. But then it's like in the land at the end of the book, like you see, like it throws in a lot of rhetoric and like it was literally illegal back then for the fourth class, the poor people. And everyone's like always like because when I tell them like yogi, love yoga and stuff. And I dabbled in a little Buddhism, Hinduism, like to find my way. And they're like, oh, like Hinduism is such a peaceful. I'm like, well, it's actually just about control. It's very similar to our religious things. Like it was illegal for the, the fourth class. Like you had the the monks were the top class. Then you had the warriors and then the tradesmen. And it was literally illegal, punishable by death for the serving class to meditate. Death. They didn't even want them being physically or mentally healthy. Like this has always been a thing from the beginning of agriculture, I guess, is when big civilization started. And right there, that's when, that's when the 1%, as you put it, they have been out for nothing more than keeping the resources and that's where it's like to me i see it as like it doesn't matter how much like money you make that's all polarization like third class second class first class like i'm upper class i'm middle class it's the people that own all the resources and then the people that work to get the resources those are the two classes on the whole planet <laughs> but and that's kind of why we're talking about this, because when I mention the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical bodies that happen, our society, our personality, our body, what we are given, what we are born with, we create everything around us the second that we take our first breath of air once coming out of the womb. And everything that happens therein is something that's either happened before we were established or alive 
or the fact that we are after, we can make those choices to change the narrative, right? And that's kind of where Alec and I, we talk about this all the time, like your legacy, your narrative, what you choose to believe about yourself does not have to be a boxed definition. It could be you plus. It could be, oh, I'm Kiara, but there's more than just what I feel in this physical reality because there's my mental, which is my mindset. There's my emotions, which is my feelings towards the situation. And then there's my spirituality, which is of the infinite. And if people were able to have a willingness without judgment, without reservation or without a reaction that could be toxic to the, the narrative, if you can have an understanding of having open conversation, even if you don't believe what they believe, you can change the narrative together, even if you don't agree on what your narrative is. Because at the end of the day, the individuality controls the society. We make our choices and that choice choice becomes something that's of a group and then the group becomes of the collective and if there's all these choices that are happening and we're not honing in or focusing on our individual self we are giving into the narrative that is being written for us which is what's happening in society that circles back to the like what i said like they've been fostering dependence because you have literally hundred thousand people in groups that are saying they disagree with these laws like you know even in like texas they're saying like we want to get rid of abortion and i'm just like good whatever not good but like do it make laws see if people still don't get abortions you're not going to stop people from getting them you're just going to make it a little more difficult for them they're going to find doctors and then those doctors are going to find lawyers who are damn good to represent them and i don't think anybody's going to get in any trouble for doing it because that's how like it's these people that make the laws are propped up by us and we're in a different type of government uh, to people's situation than the whole world. Uh, most of the world, like most of the world. And I just heard this from, I think it was like Zuby on a Joe Rogan podcast, but it, it did make sense in that Americans, we see it as our God given rights because that's how our constitution, our whole country is founded on. These are our God given rights. And the amendments and all this is ways of limiting our government, where Zuby was saying in England, let's say, and in Europe, it's like your rights are given to you by the government. So when they say, like, we're going to take your rights away temporarily, the people don't they take it more sitting down because they're the people that give them the rights. But we're all everybody born in America knows, like, you have these rights like these are your we are indoctrinated with these are our God-given rights or if you don't believe in God, it's natural rights. It's, and then, so it's like, don't, you know, like if you don't want us to believe this, you shouldn't have taught us that because you can't take that away. I'm sure they're not teaching it as strongly anymore. I mean, I'm not sure of it, but I would suspect that they don't, they don't teach uh, God-given rights and natural rights anymore as much as they did when we were all in school. Well, I, know I do think that, sure, you know, they're not doing the pledge of allegiance anymore. You know, I can't say I disagree with that. The Pledge of Allegiance is strange. No, it's very strange. But the reason that they started doing it at the beginning, and I remember it when I was coming up through school, is because it was talking about um, God. And they're like, oh, well, the big argument was uh, that, you know, state and uh, religion shouldn't be uh, integrated together, which, you know, that's in our Constitution. 
Um, but no, it's it. I, as someone who might be, you know, liberal leaning conservative, it is still very weird that you get, you know, 25, 30 kids in a classroom saying the same thing and the same. Uh, well, it's just that they say they're pledging allegiance to a republic. And that part's sure. like, mm, you're too young to even understand what a republic is at that age. Like, if you want to do the flag salute, do it now. Like, I fine. Pledge allegiance to the... But I mean, I think it should just be like, my pledge allegiance to America. It's the best. Like, you just don't need to right. mention that it's like a republic. Because republics have... <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think it's wrong to have... I mean, I think... I do think nationalism leads to bad stuff a lot of times. And I think, like... That was kind of the beauty, though, to me of like USA is that like our nationalism is like joint nationalism. Like I have a friend from England and he knows like he's like got this much Northern Irish, this much English. And like for Americans, it's like most of the ones that I came in contact with. It's like we all got here. Who knows when our family got here? Who cares? We're here now. And I really think that that's the majority of Americans. It's not like a, a blood nationalism. It's like you're here now. And, like, I think that people get the wrong idea. Like, I think if, if immigrants, you know, moved to Texas, let's say, and assimilated and were just like their Texan neighbors, I don't think the Texans would care. They'd be like, you're oh, one of us. Texans. You're one yeah, of us they're right Texans. Like, you're a fucking Texan. It's when you get people that, like, don't assimilate. And that's, like, I, it's not really a problem because you don't have to assimilate, I guess. But it's, like, why... Like, if the, we have, you know, I don't see people getting really upset about, I don't see it happening in real life, like people getting super upset about immigrants. I just, I've always seen them be accepted in front of me. I don't know. Maybe that's just my experience, though. I was going to say, my, so my, uh, my great-grandfather, he was a, um, a Navy officer. He fought in World War One and Two, and he was a representative in the veteran um, Vietnam whole thing. And he is incredibly against uh, immigrants, which is funny because I am uh, I'm one fourth Mexican and my family immigrated here from Mexico um, just two generations back. So my my mom's mom, they were the children of the immigrants that came in. So I'm a, I'm like a third generation American. And my my great grandfather on my dad's side, he's very, very opinionated where he says that uh, unfortunately he feels like, why the heck are all these, I mean, he doesn't say it nicely like this, but he says, why the heck are all these people coming into our, our society, our structure, um, when it's our food, our money, our people, our jobs or whatever. Right. But that's what, where for me being, I'm an incredibly spiritual person. And I feel like I wouldn't say that I am necessarily devoted to a country, but I do respect that there are these, these like respectable boundaries that you have. You could be an immigrant and go through the process, get your card, work your way through the system, which that's a whole nother topic that we don't need to go into because it doesn't always work, but say it was like the perfect, uh, perfect way to get into America. You're respecting the laws, you're respecting the jobs, you're respecting the terms, but if you're illegally coming in and you're taking away from somebody who could be working, that's where all these appear, uh, opinions arise, where all these people are like, well, now you're taking away from a fellow American. Well, right. Well, if, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think that, like, I think there's a difference between an immigrant and just a 
a person that just comes to the country is different. And even one, like I was traveling and I was in, I think I was in Cambodia and it was a Canadian uh, lady. And I said like, yeah, like I work with a lot of illegal immigrants and like, just is what it is. Like, they're not really trying to get their citizenship. So it's like for their own reasons. And I don't really think it's causing like a, you know, they weren't causing any trouble, but I could see how it could cause a lot of trouble because they're undocumented. So like if they did anything, you would never be able to find them. So I could see that it's a dangerous game to just let people just live here without documentation. I'm not saying you should have to give your papers at the door. I'm just saying like, you know, if you're going to work here, if you're going to live here, just try to become a citizen. And I know it's hard. I know people can't, but it's not a perfect system. Also, you know, that when you were talking about your great grandpa, like old people, like, I'm not even talking about them because they've got, you know, they need to just, just give it up, give up the reins. Like you had your time, just let young people. So I think it's like, and I truly believe like as time goes on, we're getting better and better because the older people are just dying out and their ideas die with them. And it's important to have the new people stop focusing on fighting the older people. Cause that's what's happening right now. It's coming back to like, just young people are arguing with old people and it's like, just hang out for five years and half of them will be dead and then try again, you know, like, but I could see it from both ways. I feel like also though, that's why I'm talking about it from like the spiritual perspective is like, everything that's written down in history is something for us to learn from, but not create or adhere to our own narrative of what we are doing now. That's why when we're going back, I want to go back really fast to the flag uh, thing that you guys brought up. I honestly, when I was a child, I did not enjoy doing the pledge of allegiance because I feel like it was very manipulative. And I feel like if you choose and you understand it and you know it and you want to do it, then you do it. But me, I didn't understand it. I didn't believe in it. And I didn't think anything of it. And I did not enjoy taking time out of my day to stand there with other people about something that I didn't follow in line with. So as I got older as an adult, I realized that that was something that was uh, about nationalism, which can be an opinion or a belief system, depending on who you talk to. But I think that everybody should have that opportunity and chance to choose if they want to be involved with any of these subjects, which is why we're talking about it because you can make the choice. What do you believe? What do you think? And you could also honor your country. Like, it's like saying, it's like me, it's the same as telling like, uh, so I like do, I mean, not like religiously, but like in yoga, you know, there's a lot of chanting. And it's like, that's one way of like, you know, ohm and like whatever you're chanting, they're fun. And it's a way to honor your spirituality, honor whatever God you're honoring and believing in at the time, you know, but you're higher, like the, your divine self and like honoring your country, honoring your divine self. Like, but if someone told me like, no, like if you want to be a yogi, like you have to do it this way. You have to sing this song at this time. Like, that's just silly. Like, cause people could love America. And they could totally hate the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm one of them. I didn't like it. And I, it's not, I'm not un-American. It's just not the way that I choose to, to honor it. Like, uh, same goes for this whole, this whole business of, like, athletes sitting for the national anthem. And then now there's, like, a, a black national anthem. Like, why? Just if they want to kneel, I'm not saying there's something wrong with having 
another national anthem. Although even the one, do we really need it? Like we know we're in America and I know that you love the song, but you can listen to the song whenever you want. You could turn it on. You could turn it on your iPod on repeat and listen to it all damn day. But why do we have to have that as something that people have to do? You know, like, I don't think that not standing, like when when Colin Kaepernick kneeled for the national anthem, I don't think that that proved that he hates America. He's just trying to make a point. And I hate that people actually like cared so much because that gave it power. It's like, just let the guy sit. Let him turn around and take his shirt off if he wants. Who cares? It's a song. It's just a song. He's well, not me, going out burning flags. No, of course not. But as an athlete, try and think of it from a different perspective. And we kind of touched on it before. As an athlete, right, as a professional athlete, my peers and I make millions of dollars playing a kid's game. It's made for kids. But we make millions of dollars doing so. And for an individual to deliberately try and point a finger at, you know, the United States saying, oh, we're this is these are all the bad things that are going on and there's nothing good from the primarily conservative viewer base of the NFL. That's where the issue was lied in hand. Right. So. I'm not saying I disagree with you. Like, yes, like this man, like, you know, if if you felt this way, like, you know, you have every right to do so. It's because we live in the greatest country on earth that you can do that. You can, you can go against the narrative. You can go against the government and say, this is wrong and not be killed for it. But you know, there's, there's other reasons uh, behind that. And he, and there's individuals that try and, publicize stuff and you know he's not he wasn't the greatest quarterback and that's why he lost his job it wasn't because of right it wasn't because of his actions but we then you know politicized it more and said oh because he's black because he did this the nfl didn't want him and he got blacklisted that's the problem here exactly it's that he knelt during the flag salute or the national anthem which is pretty sure it's against policy so he should have been fired i mean unless yes because it's a job yeah, right, it, job, and it is like, a rule in there. Yeah, you know, like I worked at a Five Guys, and my job was I had to wear the hat. And if I took the hat off to make some grand gesture, I would just get fired because you have to. It's part of the uniform. It's part of what you had to do. I had to say certain things. I had to do certain things, and I not doing them, I would not get paid anymore. And that was the thing was like, this guy had one good year, and then he fell off the earth as far as his skills went. I don't know. He got hurt. Whatever happened, you know. If he was freaking Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers did it, it would have been a whole different thing because they would want to keep it on the team because he's good. But it's just a matter of I don't see like it's it's again, it's like it's not the actual thing that's scary. It's people's reaction. I think I think it was Roosevelt said you have nothing to fear but fear itself. Like that's the scariest thing in the world to me. Like I'm not afraid of anything happening right now except for people's reaction to things and how their fear will affect me. Right. But it's like, even with the podcast or even with like the opinion of the politics or the opinion of uh, sports, which is politics, right? The point of what you're saying is that you feel like people should have this freedom. There should be a freedom to make the choices. But as Alec is saying, which I a hundred percent agree with, if you work for a company 
that company makes these rules and regulations. And those are kind of what you have to follow, which you in turn can choose. Do I work for this company that I don't agree with or do I do something for myself? Right. So that's where your like legacy comes in of how can you change the narrative? If you're a sports professional black athlete that I don't know anything about because I don't watch sports, but if you are a professional athlete and you go against the narrative of the NFL, go do something different that can represent you. And maybe your passions can be in a different format than what's already been designed. Or maybe you can change the narrative and bring something else to the table in an unpolitical standpoint where you can actually have a discussion or have a following or have a conversation. But unfortunately with our society, with what I just mentioned, it is very difficult to change these narratives, especially when it comes to something that is so, I don't know how long sports have been going on, but even going way back to Babe Ruth and all that, things have been the way they have been. Maybe they've changed a little bit, but people are very stuck in these pregame boxes, which is a very difficult thing to transition unless you're open to changing that transition into How do I represent myself? How does my community represent itself? And how can I be a part of that community or change that community in a very polite, respectful way? Well, he didn't go about it in the right way. I think that's obvious. He, I just don't, and I didn't, I'm just saying the, like he did something that was against policy and um, he lost his job because of it, I'm pretty sure, which makes sense. I just don't see why people it's like goes back to the same trend of like people like that song they like the national anthem and they like so they think that everybody else has to respect it they think everybody but it's like it comes down to that problem of like needing everybody to be on the same page as you because to me it's like who validation (laughs) you know like that what's it called in the olympics you had some soccer players or whatever kneeling and then they stunk they stunk out loud, to put it tight. Like, they didn't play well. And now who looks horrible? Everybody that's kneeling, because now you're grouped with that. But it's like, the people that are doing really well, they're probably not kneeling as much because they're focused on their own craft. Like, they're too busy bettering themselves to be trying to put a spotlight on them. And I know this is probably that won't get received too well, but I really do think that it's like, that type of move, even though I don't agree that everybody should have to respect everything, making like this open declaration against that is like, you're asking for it. Like he shook the pot. Like they want, I think it's just, they want to be in the spotlight because I don't think it helps anything at all. Like just be better at your sport. Then you'll make more money because you'll have your viewers and then you could spend your money to solve problems. Yes, Mike. How I believe America works. Like (laughs) you hit it right on the head, and Kiara, your listeners are going to get something um, from me right here that publicly I haven't stated before, but I think um, you know in this conversation it needs to be said. So there's a reason I didn't play professional baseball this year. Um, Major League Baseball put a memo out to um, every single minor league uh, system, so single A, double A, triple A. And then they sent a memo out to every single independent league. So independent meaning 
um, it's outside of the major league baseball realm, but it's also, it's a professional league. So guys are still getting paid to do it professionally. I had a professional contract this year, uh, in 2021, and I decided not to take it because that memo stated that 90% of players on their teams needed to be vaccinated. I don't believe in that. So instead I pivoted and started my own business because what talks in our society right now, we're not living in a capitalistic society. We're living in a hyper capitalistic society. So money talks even more. So why don't you go make some money, be part of the game and change from within? Most people think this yelling and screaming is going to fix the problem. It's not. What's going to fix the problem is having massive amount of wealth so that you can fix the game that's currently being played. We talked about like the shell companies earlier about, uh, or we were talking about both parties being bought off by big corporations. Go be one of those big corporations. Go start something that's so big, make so much money that you cannot not be ignored. And then from there, get your opinion across at that point. Where I, I would say, you know, Kiara, your viewers are young enough at this point that they can make that pivot themselves as well. Because the yelling and screaming obviously isn't fixing anything. It's just making more and more people angry. And if you want to have make massive change on this planet, first off, like Mike was saying, you need to develop yourself into someone that can make that massive change. Because someone who's miseducated or misguided in their beliefs and hasn't experienced this planet or this society um, is not going to be able to make that massive change, nor are they going to be able to make uh, massive jumps in their class um, and, and their wealth. And the wealth is what talks at this point in time in history, money talks and bullshit. Exactly. Walks. Money so talks hundred percent. And if you want to make these massive changes, go be a part of the quote unquote problem that Mike Kiara and I have talked about this entire podcast, which is, be a part of the system and then change from within. If you can't beat them, join them and then beat them from within. Exactly. My entire premise. Um, and that's also why I've been so open because I don't know everything. You know, I'm a, I'm a young entrepreneur. I don't, I maybe know 1% of 1% of what I should know, but having that humbleness about me while also still being confident enough and uh, you know, confident in my plan and in my journey but knowing that I don't know how to get there yet, that's what keeps me at a place to where I could have a conversation like this, even though, you know, we've had separate opinion on certain things, but we've also come to a, a good middle on other things as well. Absolutely. And, um, we don't have that. Most people, uh, no, actually, I won't even say that. What's being put on um, in the narrative, what's being put online and what's being put on in the news is stating something else. Um, Cause you know, I've, had conversations with uh, individuals who um, they asked for their pronouns to be like they, them. And, um, but they also claim that they're very spiritual. And I had the same conversation that we had at the beginning of this podcast. And, and truly, I believe it might've changed their mind. Um, and, you know, I think having the tough conversations and just, but stating it, um, in the way that, you know, the three of us has conversated today, I don't think anyone, um, you know, felt attacked. I don't feel that, uh, you know, anyone raised their voice. Um, we definitely got passionate about, uh, certain opinions. Um, but I think we all respected each other's opinions and, 
um, having more of these open dialogues is what's going to help, you know, move us uh, to a society that I think we all want, which is that of, you know, a prosperous, healthy, um, you know, giving society um, rather than this one that keeps people unhealthy, um, unmotivated and, you know, just a slave to the system. Um, so, you know, I guess my final synopsis on that entire rant right there is like, stop fucking crying, go make a mass amount of wealth and then go be the shell company that puts the political leader that you want in office and then make your changes from within. Cause that's the game we're playing right now. And we're right. not going to it from the outside crying about it. Yeah. And just for like a personal like story that's been like, so my girlfriend's very passionate about, uh, wolves and Trump made, some law about like letting people hunt wolves. And I was kind of trying to explain how it's like, you don't know where these people they're living in Montana. Like, I don't know why they're hunting the wolves. Some of them probably have to, I don't know enough about it, but she's like, well, what do we do? Like, how do we save them? And I'm like, well, there's two ways you can try to make a public outcry, which ultimately tries to get money from people, or we can just make a shit ton of money and then just throw money at the problem. And I get this, a lot of people like, you can't just throw money at the problem. And it's just like, what country have you been living in for your whole life? Like that is literally how everything is solved. I don't care how shady it sounds. Like if you want to solve something, yeah, you can go out, you can protest, but if you're not boycotting your protest isn't working, that's similar to money solving the problem. Like, you know, like it, it comes down to in our society the, I think if you're not a famous person with a platform and it's very hard to become that, to me, it seems easier to just acquire wealth. Maybe it's different for other people, but it's like, those are your two choices. You can make public outcry and ask people for money to solve the problem, or you can make money and try to solve the problem yourself. Like that's, but that's where we're at is like a bunch of people getting together and like to, to sum it all up as well. Like a bunch of people getting to, together and complaining loudly. It doesn't really seem like it's working. <laughs> so maybe if everybody just kind of tries to, you know, start boycotting. Don't, don't support the things that, you know, like I see people that are all the time talking against stuff and then they protest, but they go around and like still are buying products from the same people they're protesting. And I'm like, you're just wasting your breath. If that's the case, like, cause money talks and bullshit walks. So like, if you want to change something, you need to do it with the dollar. And that even touches on religion here because that's the primary religion of the western world is the dollar the u.s Cap dollar uh-huh right like it's i don't I, how many people do you know like they don't care what you believe in they just care if you have the money then they will take your business that's yep. like most of the people in the world but yeah i don't know it's uh it's good that we could have a lot of like open dialogue i think we're all pretty like-minded though it wasn't like having like three enemies in here but i do think that podcasting and this type of channel is really just what the uh just what the doctor ordered for right now if you will it's uh the whole shutdown culture of saying if you believe this if you believe x then i can't be friends with you or can't talk to you it's like i i'm sick of that i'm sick of that notion it's putting yourself into a box and it's you really shouldn't, it's judging your, it's really just judging yourself, like through someone else's lens, like saying they, I see it as fear of being judged. 
I don't know if I'm getting a little off here, but I, it's like, I don't care for me. If you call me Leslie, if you're going to give me what I need from you, if you're, if you're serving me food or if I'm your yoga teacher, like, I don't really care what you call me, what you think of me. All I care is that you're not like oppressing me. And there's a big difference between like, everybody should respect people to the point where they're not oppressing them and they're letting them live their life freely. But like, you can't expect everyone to do exactly what you want and love you for things like they don't have to love you. They don't even have to like you. They just have to not oppress you. No, a hundred percent agreed. And you know, this, and I guess like a great way to like finish that off is like, if I was calling you Matt, this entire conversation and your name's obviously Mike, like, but we have this amazing conversation. Like maybe, maybe you feel some type of way, but if we had an amazing conversation, then what the fuck does it matter that I was calling you Matt? I've gone through my whole life being called Matt because my older brother's name is Matt and I kind of like look like him. So it's literally happened my whole life and it hasn't bothered me. People are like, does that bother? Like people in school would be like, they don't call you the wrong name. I'm like, yeah, they know who I am. They just get confused because it's people like, people get this thing and I truly believe it's, it's not like, I'm not saying it's malicious selfishness. It's just like, to think that someone is thinking about you to the point where they're going to respect your pronouns, like, I don't even care about myself to that much. Like, you know, like, they're not, it's not that I'm thinking when I see someone, I'm like, oh, I think that they want to be identified as a this, so I'm going to spite them and call them a that. It's just like, it just popped into my head. And I'm just like, yo, man, or yo, girl, like, you know, I would probably never say either of those things, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's people think it's a, uh, I think it's in the four agreements. It says like, don't take anything personally. And that's what it comes down to. It's like, it's not personal. It has nothing to do. Like if you're someone who's been misgendered, mispronounced, it's nothing to do with you. It's just that person isn't like, they're not thinking about you in that way. It's just not, it's not about you though. <laughs> no. And I think that goes back to, and I, you know, I know a lot of like the, uh, the boomer generation, you know, when millennials were coming up, they like, I remember there was a big thing in the media where they talked about like, oh, like, you know, corporations don't know how to deal with millennials because they're entitled. And I think, you know, that's exactly what you were trying to say there is like, it's just this entitlement that you as a person, you know, need to be this valued member of society. Like, uh, look, everyone is value is valuable in god's eyes or the universe's eyes but in the game that we are all playing right now you are not valued in the marketplace unless you bring extensive value to those who are in it which is the consumer that's the game we play and if you're not bringing that extensive massive value to it you're not going to be valued you're not going to be valued in the sense of you know a, a celebrity or a billionaire or a millionaire to where you know someone they walk in the room and they own it okay like that's a that's something that you're granted after you assume you know extensive amount of uh worth um and this entitlement uh that we see within you know gen z's gen x's and uh millennials is it's it's honestly embarrassing because my entire life you know i've had this chip on my shoulder of being the underdog and i've had to work for everything that i have but what that has brought to me is a mass amount of self-esteem, mass amount of confidence. And, you know, but it also brings me mass amount of, uh, like I think of other people, um, before I think of myself, 
but you don't do that as an entitled person because you're always thinking about yourself because you're entitled, you know? So uh, once you, once you begin to understand how to play this game um, of capitalism and of, you know, moving yourself through the ranks and uh, achieving the things that you want to achieve, it's, it's not about you. It's about everyone else around you and how you can provide value to them. Right. And spiritually, it's, it's like spiritually it's like you see like we're not even like a lot of spiritual teachers and stuff that i've read like have turned me on to this idea that like we're not it's like it's not our journey exclusively we just happen to be the ones that are observing like we're where the action meets the observer and like we're observing this life of ours but we're not like the protagonist like that all comes from entitlement thinking and i everybody thinks that growing up like oh i'm the main hero on earth but like once you realize like we're all just people trying to be people like we're just trying to get along and it's like that's when you have to start making your decisions based on a place from you know like will this further the community or am i just doing this for myself am i trying to help or am i just trying to signal my virtue it, but it's when you kind of step back from yourself and take it as I've been trying to do this it's tough it's against human nature and be like I'm not like I'm not this special anything I'm not even my own main hero I'm just a guy that's trying to do his best that's when I think you're going to start making the best choices for yourself and for other people Whereas for myself, like I want to be the hero of my story. So I'm working towards building, connecting, connecting others, building others, healing others, healing myself, showing up in that regard. And each person that is showing up for whatever they are choosing to show up for is and should be respected for who they are and what they represent. And that's why I feel also with what both of you have brought to the table is just this, this profound sense of not only being this amazing human, but also for being this amazing you, right? I think yeah. that having you here with uh, myself and being able to share with the community, even if this is somehow lost or taken down or people don't want to hear it there's the platform of the people that choose to show up and listen that they can have the same regard and respect as what we are showing to each other. And that's why I wanted to have these conversations because I want to give you guys the opportunity to love yourselves, love me, love what we're talking about or not, or choose whatever it is that you're showing up to do for this moment. Maybe it's just to have a good conversation or Maybe it's just to be here in the here and now, but as Alec put it at the very beginning of this podcast post that we are, you know, whoever's showing up is showing up because they are meant to and what we're doing, we're here together because that is what we're here to do. So in all regards, I feel like I, I've received so much information from both of you. I let you both take the wheel. I wanted you to kind of show up and, and share this this wisdom because you're both from different generations mike you are significantly older than alec and alec is showing up in a different regard and you both have these different perspectives you're from different sides of the train you're also very like-minded i think that it was an amazing opportunity to create a conversation and i hope that you viewers out there are also showing up to create these kinds of conversations in the future 
if you guys want to, I don't know, talk about something that you feel very passionate about, but maybe you haven't had the platform or the chance to have this discussion, then you can message any one of the three of us or myself and create that platform. Or you can start your own community to create that for yourselves. But other than that, I just feel very grateful to have both of you here. And I'm just so happy that you got to be a part of this. Yeah, it was really fun. I'm, you know, that's a a big thing. Uh, I know you said I'm older. I didn't really realize or think about it. That's uh, I always think it's silly when people think they can't learn from younger people because that's just stupid to think like you could learn from anyone, even a child, like a very, a baby can teach you something. If you can't learn from someone, it's a personal problem, but always a pleasure. And thanks for giving the platform. Uh, I think, I think this was just a really fun conversation and yeah, there was a lot of hopefully good information for people. You know, I hope somebody listening learned a little something. I definitely learned something. So I appreciate it. Oh yeah. And I, uh, basing it right off that, I want to thank uh, both of you guys for um, inviting me to this conversation. Um, You know, having the open forum here and then for it to be um, broadcasted to billions of people um, and have the opportunity to be, you know, heard. um, I think, you know, like Kiara was saying, um, you know, if this sparked interest uh, within you um, to, you know, go have a conversation with, you know, maybe a grandparent or a parent who you might not have had that conversation because of the different political beliefs, like now is the time to go have these tough conversations um, with those people um, the same way, you know, this group did this, uh, you know, on this podcast and um, you know, I, Kiara, I want to thank you, uh, for having us on and, uh, I look forward to the next one. Yeah. Wait. And one, the last message for the viewers is, and I'm sure Alec feels the same way. And Kiara, if you strongly disagree with stuff, but feel the need, you know, like I won't deny an argument ever. If you can get an argument in a cohesive way and not just be yelling at me, I am happy to field anything. And I genuinely hope that people will change my mind because you know you stop learning you stop living yeah definitely so i'm gonna just uh right off of that mike i'm gonna plug myself on instagram if you guys want to reach out to me if you have a different view or you guys want to have a conversation with me it's the real alexander spelled a-l-e-c-x-a-n-d-e-r and then o-o-r-i-n hopefully you know it just pops up but um, if you guys need the full one, that is it. So it's the real Alexander Oren, um, you know, and just shoot me a DM. If you guys agreed, disagreed, enjoyed it. Um, I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. I might as well plug mine, my Instagram. It's in, it's in this description. It's MJ Schrager 22. And I don't really have much of an Instagram presence. Honestly, the best way would probably be we'll do it through here, through this platform, but Hey, well, I'm open for anything. If you want to, every once in a while, I post a cool picture of nature. So that's my thing. Um, For any of the social media, I will be posting that in the descriptions for all of the podcasting networks. We are on Apple Podcasting, Amazon Podcasting, and 
uh, personal podcasting with Spotify. If you guys have any inquiries, questions, or you want to have a conversation with any of us, please let me know and I can set up the conversation for Kiara Spirituality. And I'm so grateful to have this. This was a little bit longer of a discussion that I will be breaking up. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be in parts or whatnot, but regardless, it's going to be there for you. So I am so grateful for you for showing up and listening to this amazing conversation with these beautiful people for the next time. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and evening. And this has been Kiara Spirituality with Alec Warren and Mike Schrager. Thank you guys.